I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Babe. I am your host, Lara Marie Shane Halls, Lara, and I'm here with an icon, a star, a freckle in space. It's Aunt Freckle. Hello, hello, hello. You're back for more. I, I can't get enough. I know. I like to put you to work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Are they aware of the last um, um, if you're If you're a sexy, unique podcast patron... I did a bonus episode, a pretty iconic bonus episode with Freckle, where I bribed her with a Bloody Mary and an Adderall to (laughs) work, (laughs) work hard. And we answered reader mail and she sang a few songs. It started with like a potential like scam of like, can you get this Bloody Mary? And you were like, "Mm, yes, if you work. Yeah. And I thought. All right. I like a trade-off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a workhorse. It's like a quid pro quo freckle. That's, I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah, okay. well, um, I like, too, the way that you ordered that Bloody Mary. It was Remind very me. demanding. You go, to, not to well, the the, there was a waitress that walked by. It was like it was like old Hollywood style. At the Nomad, mind you. Maybe At the I Nomad, was just we're having, absorbing the atmosphere. I'm having some beautiful pancakes and just enjoying my morning. And then Freckle saunters over with some hot boy in tow who we saw literally once in the lobby. And then I don't know where he went. I'll answer that in a bit. <laughs> You looked at this waitress. It was not even our waitress. And you go, Bloody Mary, Tito's. And then she goes, oh, yes, right away. They were very... Well, well, that's good. They aimed to please. I'm sure what you missed was probably some deep sensual eye contact we had. I mean, she knew that you were zeroed in. No, no, no. um, But it was definitely like... Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, Tito's. Tito's. (laughs) And she was happy to get it. And a side of bacon, I think. Mm -hmm, Which I thought about later. I was like, you didn't just... I didn't just work for a Bloody Mary. I worked for a Bloody Mary and Bacon. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for recording that episode. Of course. My Um, pleasure, treasure. You can hear it if you become a patron of Sexy Unique Podcast. We also tried to record another episode. A spinoff. But that mostly ended up just being used lounge singing judy numbers mixed with like my <laughs> own numbers yeah with your own lyrics. if anyone's dying to hear that recording i could post i'll post it on the patreon i, I want if it's in demand only if someone wants i it. feel like people will want it okay yeah so i'll post but it's like five, about... it's five minutes okay it's like it's very short okay you just don't want to sabotage my um 
I don't want to sabotage your brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't. Or yours. Or mine. We also did a Vanderpump episode. Yes, we did a Vanderpump episode. Which I thought was thrilling because I had never seen the show before, but I watched the episode like a hawk. Yeah. And you have a lot of opinions. So Natural. yes, I knew that you were a great guest to have. On humans on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like the stage. <laughs> yes. I like my performers with pizzazz honesty you love a stage. charisma i'll take a yell a fight a scream but it's got to be done well right. yeah and i think I the don't like boring. do that well Well, we got we got me on a tricky episode yeah you were on a tricky episode but they were bedazzling like floor lifts or, oh or yeah they're like birdies scooters or, yeah or something. wasn't mm-hmm. ready for that no wasn't that was ready to watch down tempo yep yeah but um yeah, I always relish an opportunity to make content together. I do too. My uh, Patreon wizard <laughs> is type of the plug. Yeah, Freckle <laughs> has a Patreon now. Yes, I set it up. I didn't even know what it was. It. I need it. Yeah, I needed it like an angel. I was gonna looking up dog walk apps. I mean, granted, I'm you're a whiz with animals. For shows on HBO. Yeah. I mean, I I am. I, I got some stuff in the works and I've had some projects in the past. Mm-hmm. Feel free to Google Jason Green Freckle. But when? I need immediate fast cash. <laughs> and Lada came to my <laughs> rescue with a solution. Yeah. And it blows my mind. And I knew the thing that would hold me back would be setting up the first steps. Yeah. And Lada helped me, held my hand. Held her hand to the key and typed it. And typed in everything that needed to be typed in. But I was happy to do it. I feel like you have a lot of content that people haven't seen that you can share. And a lot of live now. Do we know that's it is live now? Okay. With zero subscribers out, but like it will be. We'll make sure that it's all ready. Oh, right, because this isn't now. Yeah, this, this isn't okay, now. Okay. But we, by the time this episode airs, so we'll say it's live that, now. We were, con- we were like, they didn't record this yesterday. Like, we also saw the thing where they were like, yeah. Sunday, I'm still not. I, the verdict is still. The verdict still. But he was like, it was today because I saw the stories. And I was like, did you? How you can take a video you and then put it up whenever. Yeah. Later. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it bought, one thing that boggles my mind is how instant people think Instagram is. Yeah. It's and like not. they buy it like, oh, must she must be in France. Yeah. Just because there's a video or a picture in the Eiffel Tower. It I, reminds me of that. Uh, there was some artist that fooled everyone in her life into thinking that she was traveling in Europe for like three months. And she posted <laughs> she just photoshopped herself onto various photos and like updated all her social media with these pictures and then she just hid out in her apartment for three months. And it was like this long-term art project kind God of bless con. Her. And I think that that's really smart. I, I, She would go out. When she had to go out, she'd go out in disguise so no one would okay, see her. Okay, who is this? It's Maria Mbravenik? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> the artist is present. <laughs> it wasn't Marina, but it was someone else. Well, I'll have to find it. It was a few okay, years ago that this happened. That I, I applaud that. I don't applaud lying and like necessarily tax evasion or like 
fucking over your friends Mm -hmm. that's gross yeah but like anything that's like social media scam for a greater purpose 100% here for yeah yeah and to prove a point like to make a point about culture and society absolutely and remember when like the first face form of facebook um had well i guess it still does have status update Mm -hmm. or like i guess a tweet because it was like a new thing on the interweb and I was coming from theater school, like creating characters, I never, I, I would, if I wanted to write like the color blue makes me want to puke, I never like thought that that was my word. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I could type whatever I want because it could just be the point of view of a character and it's like my little page and I'm an actress. And it wasn't until more and more recently that people take anything typed as word is bond yeah and i'm still on the fence about it like i think we should hold people accountable of course but like i also love this girl just you know yeah posting pictures of her traveling europe and hanging out in her apartment yeah like when i was doing one of the things i loved about doing the babe walker character when i was involved with white girl problems was like tweeting and creating from the perspective of like a fictional character so it gives you kind of carte blanche to say whatever you want you give such big words and i love it and be like just as free with all your thoughts because they don't belong to you they belong to someone else and so getting back into and then now obviously like i've found my own voice through mostly podcasting, like physically finding my voice. But do then, you make sure to separate yourself from to make it clear, like that was that character, or were you making it clear that that was a character then, or that you are you now? Um, I make it really clear now because it was not clear during the creation process of that. Like it was never put forward as this person is fictional, but it also wasn't put forward Which is as also like the joy of it. Or yeah, the, the but it but it, it also wasn't put forward as like explicitly is like these three people are creating this thing like it was i love that gray area it existed somewhere very nebulous which was great for the project but then also it was really hard for me because i felt like a lot of my voice was tied up like a lot of my voice did go into that character yet i couldn't claim it as my own and so when that was gone like when i was like no longer able to have anything to do with that character then it was like, wait, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I was like Oof, trying to rediscover like my identity in a lot of ways. So now I'm like, it's interesting because now I used to look at everything I would see online or everything I would read and think like, is this like, is this babe walkery? Like, how would she see it? Would she wear this? Would she do this? Real method actor. Yeah. And yeah. then I've had or to. Or not like, method, a real like, like from the full Stanislavski. Yeah. yeah. And now I've had to really divorce myself from that. And not like I've had to like struggle to do that, but I just have naturally over time. And now I have like, now I'm very in touch with like, what do I like? Like what is important to me? And like that has been, that's been like the guiding light of like me creating like these various podcasts and creating a brand around myself and stuff like that. 
but it's been a journey because it's it's been a journey. It's weird to go from like you must have. Well, you're blowing you my mind right of, now. I'm I'm like surprised it took us this long to like address this, and I love that it's yeah here and now because I you introduced me as Freckle, and I went through the a very similar struggle of like. I was Jason Green performing as Freckle mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a vaudeville act around town, Akbar, and, um, <laughs> you know, or like on my social medias. Yeah. And it was very clear that it was this Freckle. And then as my gender fluidity, you know, became more and more realized for myself, um, I introduced myself as Freckle, like I am Freckle, but then I without having too much regret in the past, I'm like, well, there could have been things I did as the character that really aren't me. Mm-hmm. So me identifying as freckled now then is like absurd and it's a bit, it's making me crash. Hey, <laughs> and to, to really to pinpoint it in a very similar situation where, where it felt the most vulnerable and rocky for me was when I allowed this character that I created to be on a show, Caleb Gallo. Mm-hmm. And then where most of the lines were either written by me, improvised by me, or something I said in real life, there were still a handful of situations or lines that were written for me that were things that I knew. I was like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say that. Freckles, I'm not saying Freckles a saint, but Freckles more wholesome. Like, is, Mm -hmm. is, is a wholehearted. So I thought, okay, well, I'm an actor, so I can play this skank. Yeah. Fine. And so that always left a bad taste in my mouth and made me nervous. And I thought, well, fuck anxiety. Let's move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when it came to, oh, do you think you own Freckle? You're out of your goddamn mind. Kind of a... So it was like I had to really pull it back. And I was like, what am I pulling back? You know, uh, uh, glasses and a miniskirt character? Or am I pulling myself back? Yeah. And that's kind of existential. Very existential. And like... For those of you who know my show, and if you don't, five per episode. Yeah, look at it. Look at it. Mm -hmm. Look it up. Might be interesting. Get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes... It just comes down to a struggle for identity. And I think that that, for a creator, as you get older and like more sure of yourself and like who you are and what you're put on this world to say and do like you're always grappling with like a sense of identity but when you pour a lot of yourself into like a fictional character it's like where does that begin where do i end and where does that begin and so and then if it's shared if it's not just your creation which was that was the case in my situation it's like it makes it harder to like parse out like to take back what i feel is mine because it, it as you said it's not like it's not taking anything like physically back like it's not taking like rights or money or right. whatever like that is kind Somebody of told me the word at the end of the day rights, yeah. that is like neither here nor mm-hmm. there like it is what it is but it's like how do I take myself back out of this? And I will never be able to take myself out of that because it just is in the DNA of that fictional woman. And so, but how do I then preserve myself and like put myself forward in a way that's different, but like true to who I am? I don't know. It's like, it how is are you exercise. doing that? I do that via podcasts uh-huh. and writing. And I think being 
sharing my like stories and being mm. vulnerable Brene which is brown vulnerable Brene brown style this is the one we did where we, yeah we got spiritual and buddhist and, yeah and i i think introduced you to the ted talk right mm-hmm. i was just like you gotta watch this thing then i did and it was so good but like i remember i'm not taking a credit over your vulnerability being no i, I don't do this one thing i just am like i didn't think that you yeah, were okay <laughs> dare you my <laughs> yeah. vulnerability is my, my own yeah it's my authenticity um no and like um i remember when i wrote an article for broadly about my relationship with my stepmom that was titled doing meth with my stepmom Love. i during the writing process of that like i didn't the only other real like writing that i had done aside from like personal like lol essays online or whatever was writing in the voice of babe and that was always really like fun and flirty and just like a joyous experience the writing part of that for me and even and it and it didn't deal with like super heavy subject matter but even when it kind of did it was always like a lol and so i kind of took that attitude into the writing of this like article and like while it was it dealt with really intense like relationships and the it's like a I don't know why it didn't register to me I just was kind of like oh my god this is funny and crazy and I'm gonna write about it and like write this like chunk of my family and like paint a picture of what it is that I like went through with this relationship and I just thought about it in kind of a babe way where like was not necessarily me but then when it came out online I literally like had a nervous breakdown Mm -hmm. because I'd never been like myself in such a public forum. It always had been through or being me via something else or like I, it wouldn't have to be like I'm saying something definitive about my life experience and like what I've gone through that now the entire world can read and they can point the finger at me and say, that's that girl like who did meth with her stepmom. And like, that was like, yeah. So jarring. And that was like the first time that I really had Let alone like, what your family could have thought or said. Yeah. And like that was terrifying. And that's when I kind of went, I like, I had tried to write a little bit about like expand on that and keep turning it. But it was really, it was uh, too hard and painful to like go into that. Like once it was ca- cracked open, it was like, okay, I need like some other outlet other than writing for a while to just like get my sea legs back. So that's like I how bet. podcasting has really come into play for me. I was just going to ask what is writing for you? Is that, and I'm being pragmatic, but like writing with a pen in, on paper or typing. I'm just curious. Typing both. I mean, yeah. Did you like ever I just like talk into a recorder and then listen to it later? No, but that's something I've considered doing because I'd hate the act of writing. So it's I was same. Like, that's the only yeah. reason I've asked. And, and I this- know a past guest on Babe, Melissa Broder. So that's how she's written mm. two books is like she dictates. Does she just, and does she just send it to a company and have it transcribed? Uh, that's how I would want mine. She might have a transcriber, but. Wow. Yeah, so she dictate, or she might Not transcribe it herself. No, and if like, I had no emotional attachment to the person and just had to write what they say, yeah. And so, uh, but that's definitely a more, I think, a way that people do write now, and that's something that I would be interested in. I'm curious where all the, you know, in courtrooms, how there's the person that types. They must type so fast. 
I think they know shorthand. So they type like three letters that mean like there's like a shorthand okay. to it. Like the first SM text messaging, Something which always like bothered me. Cause yeah. I, um, that's cool. I want to meet one of those people. Mm-hmm. I want to pick their brain. <laughs> you should be one for a day. I, well, I can't type. I type with two you fingers. Would, but it would be like, it would be a good look, I think. <laughs> With a glass point, you think I could get that job? Like, first of all, you could con your way into it. I think into the courtroom. Into I don't the court. think the court system is where like I'm a trying messy to messy bun with yeah. a pencil through. It oh, I see the typing look. away. Yeah, yeah, in a progressive commercial. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't think I should be hitting up the courtroom anytime. Cast soon. Jason in your progressive commercial as like a frazzled but effective courtroom, courtroom document. Yeah. yeah, lady. <laughs> God, that's also just the beginning of a great film. We yeah. start there and then we go into my romantic life, <laughs> you know, my mm-hmm. home life. I'm really curious about the McCar- Melissa McCarthy movie. Oh, the one that's like, will you ever forgive me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Should we see it together after this? We could see it together. Okay. Yeah. I'd like that. I don't know how much I... Well, last night we had a very powerful, magical movie experience We together. had a beautiful I movie experience. I felt like experience. I was 16 again. Yeah, I was truly enthralled from beginning to end. We watched Cabaret. Oh, You're, yeah. I could because it was, it's, okay. it's your favorite, it's my favorite movie. movie. It's probably the movie I've seen the most time in okay. my life. I had never seen it. And I, it had been, cause I love like the main song from it or the one that what she sings good at the end. Is sitting alone, alone in your room. room. Come hear the, the music play. play. Yeah. Yeah. And I had listened to that a lot. there's a lot of pathos in it. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. Put down the knitting, the book and the broom. Yeah. Which is like what I did. No knitting, but like books and brooms. <laughs> <laughs> Will you knit? Mm, probably not. Yeah. I might crochet someday. I crocheted a little bit at boarding school because there's that. nothing else to do there. And then, and I it was like, okay. So I was scarf I I now. I need to go to ha- boot camp and just learn to crochet. You it. need to like, a DIY. Yeah. Yeah. I need a situation to force me into crocheting, but I don't want to put that in the universe because that sounds like Guatemo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Guantanamo. <laughs> Guantanamo. Yeah. Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. I think I'm best <laughs> on the studio lot. So. Yeah. Um, so we watched Cabaret. It had been like in my mind as something that I really wanted to see because I'd never seen it. And then last night the stars aligned and we watched it. It was incredible. Sally Bowles is a babe and also a babe. <sighs> yeah. Well, she is all, she runs the whole gamut of babes. And so I'm Liza learning. does. I'm still learning yeah. what that is and, and all of, you know, what, the words, the literature of yeah. your world, and mm-hmm. the lexicon. Yeah. Um, and Liza is, and I have two things to say to that. One, um, Sally Bowles is a character that has been reoccurred. So I'd love to read this play with you. So Cabaret, the musical is based on the play, okay. which is based on a play called I am a camera, mm. which is based on the Christopher Urshawood stories, which is the Berlin tales. Oh. So it's this series it's and long... Sally Bowles is this character that's come through and she's actually supposed to be just like that. Like the I Berlin want to be an actress, tales. you know, yeah. just a flighty butterfly starlet that everyone's entranced with, but who gets on stage and can't really sing. And that's why Liza, I read this incredible article one time that very recently that was like, why Liza ruined this role for anybody else to do is because Liza kills every number. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's, and she's Judy Garland's daughter. Yeah. And 
I'm not like a big header for nepotism and I don't like salivate on like lineage in that way. Mm -hmm. But there's in that one case, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, what else could Liza Minnelli have done with her life? Nothing. Especially since her father's Vincent Minnelli, the director of those um, 40s musicals. We had a moment where you were telling me this kind of the history. Because, like, I'm not uh, outside of Arrested Development and just, like, knowing her status amongst, like, the gay community. I don't or know. Or the, the general public being, like, laughing at her. Yeah. And we watched one really good scene the her acting i don't want to be controversial but in my opinion is better than judy's and i don't even compare acting her acting is breath effortless and beautiful she's in this amazing film. like so natural uh, you if you see, haven't seen it re- you've got to see it it's like pure yeah. and it is 100 if there was like a babe film like movie club which maybe i'll have to like start yeah. this is like prime babe material yeah. liza is I don't, okay, the, the way close-ups. she moves, oh. her face is so unique looking. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one that looks like that. And yes. Hathaway kind of looks like her sometimes. Sure. But not really. I'm not going to give you that one. But. Okay, that's fine. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. And, uh, but her face is really unique looking. Her body and physicality is, I don't, I don't know how she does it. She's like precise yet floppy like her body she's is just like trained her body by just Fosse, flops over and then, around yeah and then but this. then hits the mark with so and like the singing's good her emotions are like whether right or not there. she has a voice like ella fitzgerald or billy holiday or judy's it doesn't matter because her acting she sells the song mm-hmm. and that's all anyone could ask for and it's not auto-tuned you know, and it's not electro, whatever. Yeah, EDM. Yeah, like the, I was mesmerized. Now that I'm, I the whole thing is, I used to watch it a ton when I was a teenager. I, I think in middle school, I've I've seen the movie so many times, and I can still watch it. Like last night, take by take, shot by shot, and be blown away and not be bored. And to me, that I I notice now at thirty is the is the amount of close ups, mm-hmm. and that's really telling. Because if you can really be that natural in a close-up while still being electrifying, I mean, it's a sign of a good actor. And so there was one really good scene, and I got up. I think I was, like, moved, truly. And I was like, this is why when people make fun of her or, you know, call her a floozy or, or whatever, and maybe she became that, who cares? Mm-hmm. Don't take that away from her. And don't take that away from me. Don't <laughs> Simon says, I said to you at a dinner one time, and I've tried. Lara, <laughs> you go, I've... I tried. Wait, what did you say? It was it's too much to get night. into it. it yeah, might not, now is my right time. Now, time like, I wish I could. Oh, that's, I, I wish I could. could. And I wasn't acting. I was. But you w- sold that line. I was like, mm hmm. And but I wish I could. I, wish I can't I could. do it now without acting. No, yeah. yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about Liza. She's not acting. Um, where she is to the nth degree, and that's why it's so marvelous. Yeah, but you real? I was like, oh, I get why she won the Oscar. Like, there's no also way you we're give obsessed it to with every else. outfit. Every outfit. We're gonna I'm go ready in- to go full Fosse. 
like you you pointed before she even came on there was a kit kat girl with like a sailor top and some shorts that would look perfect shorts and they have like kind of like you look like all the like you have because you have the leg you so he was obsessed with legs fossey okay you have that fossey dancer i'm ready to lean into this i think we both will we're near melrose we could we could work it i think we free we pause it and take pictures of the outfits and then just replicate it yeah definitely it's, it's this leads into some feedback that i got over the weekend so i did a i attended a seance on friday night and it was with the white witch of the hollywood dell patty Negree, and she is truly everything she has a monthly new a monthly newsletter called the witch's brew which i highly recommend you subscribe to is just like, this not a ju- like it's this not isn't a joke female. no no but oh. it's not just women what does the sounds the brew the sounds the uh no i mean patty is a woman yeah and a witch but you don't have to be a woman oh, to okay. be a witch just clarifying. yeah no i had asked her this and i might try and get her on the podcast too because i think she'd be a good guest but during the seance I was like, I was re- I'm, I know a lot of dead people, so or people who have died. So I'm like trying to call in. Like I didn't want to bogart the seance. You're going to step forty. I went step one. What is the? What is what? Is, what happened when you walk through the door? What is the seance? So Paint a picture. Patty comes over. So I'm go. I'm doing comes it. Over where? <laughs> you're set it up. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I like it. I like I'm it. I'm Now you're making listener. me work. Yeah. Now you're making me yeah. work. Yeah. Okay, so my friend Hud and Carter and Elisa live in this like really decrepit mansion in like I hope the Hollywood okay with Hills. you calling them out in their decrepit mansion. They know it. And they're moving out anyway. So okay. that's like part of why they organize the seance. And uh, it's a very like I think it belonged to Mary Astor at one point, and then it belonged. The Rolling Stones lived there for a while. Dita Von Teese and Marilyn Manson lived there like after they were married, and so it's like has a storied history. And it's like three stories with a spiral staircase going throughout. Everyone calls it Romansion. They throw like rager house parties there, and it was very like a part a house built for parties essentially but i think it's attracted lots of spirits like that have come and gone and like it just Who has missed a present. the party yeah and so patty also lives in the same neighborhood the witch and she came over to do a séance at the house and kind of cuz now this time of year spooky ooky ooky halloween yeah halloweeny is halloween halloween we're at is the time of year when the veil between the living and the dead is very thin. So you can easily, you can more easily make contact with the other side. A la Dia de los Muertos. Yes, exactly. I'm Mexican. And <laughs> Just getting it out. Say it. Say it. Yeah. Lara. Lara. That's where that comes from. Because I'm always yeah. like, how come no one thought Spanish. that? Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Lara. Um, so Patty sets up. We all kind of nine of us, nine or ten of us sit around a table and she sets up. She comes with her various like incense burn things that she needs to burn and like potions and there's an oil that you kind of put on You're the back of your neck because okay. that's a entry point you know that kind of like there's like a little divot in the back of your neck sure do so that she said when you bow your head and you pray that is like a spiritual entry point so that's why people bow their heads when they pray and the back of your neck is like where you can be touched by an angel 
And so then she kind of calls in, like she lifts the veil between the two worlds and like calls in spirits to come and interact. And then they kind of show up and you can call in other people that you're wanting to connect with. And okay, you, they can communicate with you via, she had these two sticks that are like a metal. She, you hold them, she holds one in each hand and it's metal on a hinge. So it's like, she holds this, the short edge mm-hmm. in her hands and then it comes out like a long stick kind of horizontal, two of them. And you can ask spirits questions or they'll just start to move when they sense a presence. Mm-hmm. And you can't, like, it's not like she's making a move. She's just mm-hmm. sitting there holding them. And then when a spirit is in the room, you can ask it yes or no questions. If the answer is yes, they'll cross. And if the answer is no, they'll stay parallel. And they, it truly, like... I always have believed in like mystical shit, but mm-hmm. like I fully am like this was real. Like there I am were with you every spirits in the room. Where do you want? How long do you have? If you want to start <laughs> with that, and I, I can, I can. It may get emotional, so we'll put a pin in it. But I'll tell you the day after my dad died, what happened? Mm-hmm. If okay. you're ready, but yeah, do you want to tell? No, I want this story. Okay, though. so. I called my grandmother on my mom's side, my grandma Hanson. I wanted to like first name Elda. Love it. Yeah. And she came through and it's so funny because like when you're like you don't I never I didn't see anything. It's not like I saw like a shadow out of the corner Mm. of my eye or it wasn't like anything like that. It was more just like feeling like you see something in your head or like you imagine how they look or like what they're holding. I can't explain it without it sounding totally like batshit bonkers, but I was just like, it was like Patty's like, she's here. And I was like, I see her. Like I just see her in my mind's Mm -hmm. eye as like in like a pencil skirt, which was what she wore like a blouse, a very proper, like tucked in with like a handbag and her hair is done and makeup and everything. She was always one of those women that looked like done 24 seven, like Love. wouldn't leave the house without everything in place. And I was like, I see her like standing with like a handbag. Cause she also worked in a handbag department at the department store. She was very like proper and fashiony. It's like, I see her standing with a handbag and she goes, yeah, she says she doesn't like yours. Oh, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And I was like, well, that tracks because that mine Where, is literally, it it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's in that green bag. We'll get to it. It's later. a Grateful yeah, okay. Dead fanny yeah. pack. Okay. It's yeah. like a, it's, yeah. she wouldn't she like wouldn't. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, yeah, I don't I think so. And then she just said, uh, I was like, does she have anything to say to me? And then. She was like, she says that you need to wear more lipstick. Which I said to you today. Yeah. And so, and I need to wear lipstick. And then she was like, you're so, she was like, you're so beautiful, but you constantly negate yourself and you don't understand how beautiful you really are. And like, that kind of made me mad. I was Mm. like, what the fuck? Like, why are you being so, like, I got mad. Okay. But then. You're like, how about I love you? Not yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, fucking classic. Like, and it wasn't even. She wasn't even like a critical. Per- I don't know, but I got mad, and that says more about mm-hmm. me because I think that that just like hits a nerve that sure. go- goes right to like self esteem and all those issues that get brought up. 
And then she was like, no, she doesn't. She's not trying to like fight with you. She loves you. And she just wants you to know that like, you're so beautiful and like, you're just so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that was really sweet. And I was like, I don't know. I love, I love a seance moment. And then it moved on to the next person. Like that's all. And then you kind of let it. Because you said you were there till three in the morning. Yeah. I mean, a lot of different spirits came through that had to do with like other people. And like we had like. Till three in the morning. Yeah. When so did we you did get started? started around like midnight or 12, 15 okay. and then went to like three fifteen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was crazy. Am I coming next? You can come. Okay. We should do another one. You I'm ready to like. It, us? Uh, yeah, I don't or know. we need her? I think we need her. She okay. said I was a conduit. She hugged I me. Believe that. Uh-huh. She hugged me when she left and she goes, Good night. You're a conduit. And then yeah. like and I was like, Oh my God. Like I'm ready to fully witch out. Yeah. I feel witchy. Yes. You are witchy and as bitchy. a conduit who is a witch. <laughs> I don't think we even addressed this before. I mean what? that's ultimately what That's what you are I too. Am. Yeah. Love. And that's why you know, witches see witches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you, I wanted to watch Cabaret that day. And you said, I thought about Cabaret last night. I mean, we're just, we're connected. Yeah. Yeah. We're hearing the same things. Mm-hmm. So that's so cool. It was was cool. it cool to see other people's experiences? It was. Yeah. Like my friend Carter, his like grandmother came through and her name uh, was Tinker. And she so patty started she was like something i'm feeling like there's someone here that had like a heart issue or some sort of digestion or dealt with indigestion a lot like does that sound do any of you know anyone that might have had those types of problems and he's like oh my grandmother had those like had indigestion digestion issues like her whole life and then she was like okay and she kind of held up her hand like in like an upward kind of claw grip motion. She's like, does this mean anything to you? I'm getting this. And he was like, well, she used to watch TV and she'd watch sports all the time. And she'd curl up in a chair and like hold her remote exactly like that. And it's just like, what the fuck? And then he's like, what's her name? Blah, blah, blah. And then you verify that it's her with like the sticks and I was like, oh, like, she's like, do you have any questions you want to ask her? And he's like, yeah, like, what are what are you up to now? Like, what's going on? Playing golf. Yeah. Like, like and so we had, there is a chalkboard in the middle of the table that has like a piece of chalk and like a roller thing. So if you put your fingers on it with other people and then ask a spirit to like draw, like it just moves. And oh, I'm aware. Like, what the fuck though? Like that is this is, your first time? This is my first time ever okay, doing a seance. Okay. But I didn't like I knew it kind of like moved, but I didn't realize I didn't like realize how thin I just didn't realize. I've never been on like I've never experienced anything with that other plane of existence before. Right. Cuz usually it's either felt like jokey like you were playing around or I've never just done seen it. I've never like fucked like, with a Ouija okay. board or anything okay. like that. So okay. I'm just like but I respect it and I believe like mm-hmm. I don't believe that anyone really dies. Like when you're right. dead, I don't think you like go away forever. Like yeah. I think that your soul and your I spirit exists. I really believed. I think I just like thought I wanted to be like cool and hip and mm-hmm. did believe and then I like my truth was like nah, I don't really until I my dad just came back to me. Yeah. Um 
So that's why, like, everything you're saying, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the talk drew and then stopped because it stops when the spirit is done drawing. And he looked at it and we were like, oh, this looks like a dog. And then someone else from another angle was like, well, there's also a dog kind of from this angle. And then he's like, there's a dog from that angle. So there were three dogs drawn in one kind of continuous line. So what, depending on what angle you were looking at it, there were three dogs and he goes, she had three dogs. And then it was like, she drew her three dogs. Like that's what she's doing is like hanging out with her fucking three dogs watching the Red Sox game and just like loving. Life. Yeah. It's so. Well, cause they're crazy. clearly past too. Yeah. So they're with her. Yeah. And, but it's like, you just don't think about, I guess it's like it's easy to go through life just being like, nihilistic. I have a plant. Uh, there's a lamp over there. I go out the door, onto the street, get in my car, drive down, go run this errand. I have something to do later. And you just don't think of like anything else that's around you or existing on like any sort of other plane aside from like your existence in this moment. And then thinking about death and stuff, it's like, you're either scared by it or just like in denial that it happens until it maybe happens to someone close to you. And then that's either terrifying or how do you make peace with that? And like, I don't know, it's just like easy to avoid thinking about this entire other realm of existence. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What happened to you? Um, so uh, not not to uh, be too like, oh, me. Um, you know, my dad called me very unexpected that he was in the hospital to, to take my dog his dog to the kennel because he was in the hospital. I was like, well, I'm going to come to the hospital first. Mm-hmm. He's dead. I'll check on the dog later. He's like, I got a bunch of um, tubes tied to me. I walk in. My dad was a very blunt. He's like, I'm dying. I was like, okay. Uh, he goes and don't cry. And I was like, okay. And then within two weeks, he basically turned into a skeleton in my arms and died. Mm-hmm. Now I intuitively had felt it coming my whole life. So, I can't say I was that shocked, but obviously it was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the night, it, the next day, so it was like probably one to two in the morning when it happened. And then I dealt with the hospital stuff, but I go um, back home and, you know, I'm staying at, I'm literally just like driving from the hospital to his house because mm-hmm. it's right there where he was at. And I'm in the house and, two friends come over um, and cause they're like, we'll be with you. Like, and I'm like, I'm actually fine, but okay. Like, um, and they come over and we're like all like just kind of sleeping in the bed. Um, you know, one brings whiskey, the other brings cookies. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, and at the time that my dad would like clockwork, like five in the morning, be in the kitchen watching CNN. It was a hot September. 
Well, as it is now, it's October 30th and it's 80. It's it was like 80, 90 hot degrees. As fuck so outside. that's not crazy to me now that I think of it. Yeah. We had the air conditioning running. And literally at that time, um, the air conditioning went to heat. And the heater was blasting heat into the house. And um, my friend, she just literally all of a sudden was like, I'm hot, I'm hot, I'm hot. Which she was more hot than just being like hot from the heater. Mm -hmm. And my guy friend jumped out of bed and was like, Astral, his dog, needs water. She needs water. And he like, and this is somebody who like doesn't own a dog, wasn't like, necessarily worried that maybe she truly needed water she was on her last drip but like these things just like could burst through the house right into my friends like mm-hmm. not even me it wasn't like i was just like okay at and so you know he ran and got her water at the time my dad probably would have put the water down for her and turned on the news um that was the first thing then a couple of days later um because I'm still there. I'm like in the house and I'm like, I now I'm responsible for this house. Actually being here is the most healing thing I can do. Just being in the space. And I have this dog and she was like on her last leg too. And I think she had fleas. So she would scratch and like that paw would hit the floor and like eight in the morning. I'm not, not ready to be like woken up to like, so I take her to the backyard, old dog and the backyard, there's a screen door and a and a door door she when the doors open she paws at the screen and she can kind of get herself in but when the door is closed she can't so i was like i need to go back to sleep i'm morning i take her to the backyard close both things sleeping the next thing i know the back door and the screen fly right open there's no wind or anything she's also old and not strong enough to have pushed it and it's a door And she also was so old that she was like barely hobbling around. All I hear is her running around the house in circles, Mm -hmm. like almost like filled with life or running something. And I'm like, okay. Or excited. Yeah. That she had not had at all this entire time. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And then, um, I have this new car and I'm driving. I don't know where I go. Maybe the grocery store or something. And I come, and as soon as I pull up into the driveway, all of the um, vents just start blasting air. Like, everything just turns on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't press, and it's a new car. It's not like some old car that would make sense why. And I was like, okay. So, like, the spirit is with us. Yeah. Um, and every time, for a good minute, I would, if I just mentioned, oh yeah, my dad, or my dad passed away, a green grasshopper would be in someone's, a friend's house or apartment. And I'm Jason Green, you know, Mm -hmm. it it just was like, okay. So I just never, never like questioned the spirits being coming around. Yeah. I was wearing my grandmother's gold locket that had my grandpa inside and this gets a little like ultra, but, um, I, and I, I was wearing it for a while and I had a negative thought. I can't exactly remember what it was, but it was something my grandma would have probably not appreciate or some way of like, oh, well, I'll just, 
spend the money anywhere, something kind of reckless. Mm-hmm. And literally, as I thought that, the locket fell out of my, fell off my neck and into my hand. Wow. Um, so like, it just, it doesn't scare me and it doesn't surprise me. And I'm not like, are you sure? It's just, and I also don't think it's as point blank. I mean, that's probably why Patty is powerful. Cause in the times that I've done Ouija board or whatever, and nothing happens. I'm like, okay, it doesn't mean it's not real. It's just not happening. It's not happening now. today. Yeah. That's okay. Not calling it in or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, she's like been doing this since she was three. So, I mean, she's a full blown witch. Yeah. I love it. I want to meet her. I know. You guys would really hit it off. I think so. <laughs> I think you'd yeah. be just two peas in a pod. Yeah. Let's have a seance. Let's have a seance. Let's have a seance. I also, I don't do it anymore for some reason because it doesn't come to me, but I used to have this very strange way of asking people. I would know if someone's dad had died because I would just look at them and be like, where's your dad? And they'd be like, oh, um, my stepdad's in uh, Utah. But my dad's passed away. And I just would always be like, I I just knew. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. So I think things are around us all the time. Yeah. What was your grieving process like? Um, I think I lost my shit and I partied and I drank my way through it mm-hmm. recklessly. To what just, else are you going to do? I mean, it's I like, mean, to just be honest. I'm not going to like, yeah, I probably was bad. And like, just a lot of lack of self care. And then, and then, you know, getting back on the horse, not the wagon, but the horse, you know, um, <laughs> and, and, um, and really for a good minute being like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like minutes and days, I, I didn't do what may be actually the best thing. And I would encourage someone to do is just like grieve and mourn and like cry and scream and shout the if it's a week two weeks three weeks whatever i kept it together Mm -hmm. and was like death is a part of life this is all in alignment everything is wonderful everything is perfect um and just kind of like steam plowed through yeah and so then it like ended up being like three or four six months later till i just like broke would just break down Mm -hmm. and would i remember being in takes tax i was crying so bad in a bathroom stall that i was holding being like dad dad which like if anybody had come in like 51 52 what's that thing yeah yeah it probably would have been looked like that like and actually i i walked back in and the next i was with two guys guy friends and i was on the floor petting this dog and the next thing I knew, I read, it says, service dog, do not pet. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I look up and this kid is in a, in a, in a wheelchair and we start talking. Mm-hmm. We're having a full-blown conversation. And he want, he's been taking classes in theater at Glendale City College. Like, he was just this light. He was in the whole family was at this table and just like probably happy that like I, you know, and was um engaging with somebody who probably doesn't 
get to talk to like young people all the time, you know, yeah. so, with his family. And, um, and I, I remember asking the guys I was with, I was like, was it like, was it, was it bad? Like, w- did I seem like I was unhinged because I was just crying in the bathroom and then petting this dog? And they were like, no, it was like really endearing that you just were like talking about acting playwrights with this kid who was like, that was the part of the grieving that I was like, I always, I felt really, really in tune to people's feelings. Um, I also felt lots of moments of, high upswing like really like like think i'm alive mm-hmm. you know i'm here i'm present um and i'm in my second year this um september will be two years and i think i think i'm finally coming out of a, a real grief mm-hmm. and finally like happy again and yeah yeah i can't imagine like i have not lost a parent yet so it's just different yeah and 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 i feel like i'm at the age where a lot of my friend like it's happening around me Mm -hmm. and uh, entering the phase of my life where that's the natural progression of how things go like but it doesn't make it any less shocking yeah i'm sure when it happens to you personally like on my head, in my head, I can like reconcile like this is how life is, and like like you were saying, where it's just like this is life, like blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But did you ha- were you were close with your dad? I was, and that's very uncommon for I think like gay men, mm-hmm. and so I was like his like trans Mexican princess, and like we were, um, we had an understanding. I was my dad's only kid. I come from a big family, and so um, it. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was probably bipolar, but he had this sense of humor that I've never met in my entire life. I'm just a wild, a raging alcoholic, but the funniest person at the same time, Mm -hmm. incredibly smart, you know, as many alcoholics are. Um, yeah. So I think that was, that, that was hard, like losing and my, and my truly my caretaker. Like I did not know, I don't still know how to handle a checkbook. Like I, there are a lot of things I was, I think that was the most vulnerable part of having the rug swept under me. There was something very, um, I don't know if existential is the right word. You're so good with words. Um, there was something biological that occurred and maybe because I feel deeply and maybe because I choose to feel deeply and I'm not tooting my own horn or anything, but this man's sperm in my mother's egg mm-hmm. may, is my flesh and my bones that are right here in front of you are from this man's body. And to have that not be here was always in my, I don't want to say in my thoughts, in my like waking mind, mm-hmm. in my awareness. That's and, heavy heavy but like like i just remember being really filled filled with like 
like hyper aware of the loss or like the that that was just gone. I mean, now it's now I'm almost like I went that I would probably would have been better about talking about it a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm almost like, oh, my God, it like went by like a dream mm-hmm. because I'm coming out of yeah. a, almost a form of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was very interesting to see how different types of people reacted to it. Not that I expected anything from anyone more, uh, any more empathy or sympathy from anyone more than another. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't putting that there. Yeah. It was just fascinating to see the levels of how people were able to understand, maybe like try to understand. Cause all we can do is try if you don't mm-hmm. know. What, I don't know what losing a sibling is like, you know, that yeah. I could be something I would just have to try to understand and could, is it empathy or sympathize empathize with, but I don't know fully. Yeah. And then people who just knew and then people who like couldn't even take it in. Yeah. Well, I who, think like, it all instantly depends on were, like, what your the relationship the yeah, yeah. is with death and like, right. Also with illness. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's almost like, cause I feel like I've been guilty of this where it's like friends of friends who have lost a, parent or a relative and it's like I don't know what to say and it almost becomes easier to not say anything because it's like if I speak out loud my condolences and acknowledge that horrible thing happened to someone that I know and is like that I'm close to in life that makes it real and something that could like happen to me so it's almost like I don't want to catch whatever this is. Yeah. So it's easier to just exist in a world where you don't see it and acknowledge it, but that's not right. It just Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know. Humans are so terrified of death. And I feel like Americans especially have like a really bizarre relationship with death and like loss and grief. Which is fascinating about lies in cabaret because losing Judy, her mother, Mm Mm-hmm. At a young age. Judy yeah. Garland was young when she yeah, died. 48. And I think Liza was 18. So she was 21 when she did Cabaret. So she was working with all of that mm-hmm. um, pain and stuff. And then her mother not being there when she won the Oscar. So I just brought that in. Yeah. And then also, I think, like, as, like, lawlers or comedians, people expect a certain level of happiness mm-hmm. or pause or um upbeatness from me. So navigating those waters was interesting. Yeah. Because it's it, it was like maybe I'm not upbeat, but I don't need somebody to be like, oh, what's wrong? I was like, no, I actually, don't need that. I don't need yeah. anything other than just to feel what I'm feeling right now. And sometimes that alone is too much for people, mm-hmm. depending on the person. What's the best thing someone can say or do in a situation like that? Losing a parent, in your experience, like. What is like like having a hard, I didn't realize how much I've like come out of this cocoon that it's like, I'm having a hard time even remembering, which is crazy. And Mm -hmm. then I'll probably remember it down. Like, um, because a girl, a real, a friend of mine lost her dad when we were in high school. And then like these two sisters who are practically my sisters lost their dad the first year of college. So I went through like the, the super awkward, but then being there kind of thing. One of my best friends, Samantha, she came to my apartment and cleaned my apartment. And like, she's not somebody who's going to 
she's going to hire a person to clean her own apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like that kind of thing. And like, there's also just like a, just being there more than a, I'm sorry. Or like, it's just like, what's up? Yeah. I think like acts of service and then just like making yourself available and like also down to, to do like for me, somebody went being like, want to go part, like actually like go dancing was like, yeah, like, but not that I needed somebody to be like, I'm going to take you out of the house because Mm -hmm. if I needed to be in the house or just to be there with me, which is, I think the scariest part I'm, I'm like, and then a close and then a, f- a new friend it was like within a month lost his dad the week my i lost my dad mm-hmm. and it was funny because i knew exactly what he was going through having just done it and yeah. i just it was like for me i was like what's the funeral home look like what are the colors of the flowers what's going on like what's happening mm-hmm. just almost like checking in yeah was enough you know, and that first day it was like, we're going to go play foosball mm-hmm. at Cha-Cha's. Let's take photo booths. Yeah. When my grandmother passed away, I was like with my mom a lot because it was her mom. And she was the one that had to kind of deal with everything. And I just try, like, I just tried to be wherever, go wherever she was going, like meet her at the funeral home and like kind of walk through everything. And then we're both have like somewhat of a morbid sensibility, like morbid mm-hmm. curiosities. So to be able to be like, we want to see the body uh-huh. and like I, I, show us where the cremation happens, which is stuff I feel like maybe if you were alone in that situation, like if she was alone in that situation would feel weird about yeah. asking that because like, Maybe that's not, quote, like, normal for someone to, like, want to see that. But, like, having space to where it's, like, okay, both of us are, like, we want to see it. Like, we want to... Well, you know, Eckhart Tolle says this thing, because I don't want to steal it, but it's almost illegal in our... In the U.S. to look at a dead body. Mm -hmm. We hide death so much. There's no sense to see, like, a... Did you know that? Like, you... it's There are these parameters. Mm -hmm. We do not want to see it. Yeah. I did... I got a morbid sick humor out of just telling almost anyone with the straight face my dad died mm-hmm. <laughs> i still kind of do i don't do it as you much do that a little bit a yeah a little bit but it, it's like my healing it's how mm-hmm. i heal my dad's dead mm-hmm. because it's the truth and it's just like it's like was your ultimate truth for yeah it wasn't like i was using to get a free drink or something i was just like this is truly and utterly what i'm going through yeah it's a conversation starter yeah <laughs> we're and, conversation and, ender yeah it's a and great then, it's no a truly great... it's a starter when you get somebody who's like mine too and you're like oh fuck <laughs> yeah well, well let's okay. get it i guess we're the same you <laughs> yeah. know and then yeah other people are like oh okay mm-hmm. yeah and then other people at weird times being like well that's not an excuse mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh okay <laughs> you're like didn't read the handbook you're on life that you've been reading (laughs) and I'd like to see it, you know, or like, it's been a while. Yeah. It's never been a while. Never goes away. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also, um, yeah, it, it, you'll know what to do with, with the person and intuitively, I think. Yeah. Especially you. 
In the past, like I remember I had like two best friends who were younger sister, they were sisters and I was like really close with them and their father got, our families were really close and their father got ill. He got ALS, which is just a degenerative like disease that kills you over years where your body just like shuts down like inch by inch and it's horrible. It's just unfathomable. And I remember we were all in the house when he passed away and I remember getting so angry with my girlfriend because it was like, she went into just like kind of shut down, like nothing, like not registering it. And I don't know. It just made me really angry. And I was young then. I was like, yeah. you know, I was in like I was seventh or eighth grade. Right after. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't get it. Like, why aren't you like, why aren't you crying? Like, like I was crying. Like, I, right. and, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like expecting someone there is said there's such interesting moments where it's like, and I've had to do this a lot and realize like not everyone processes their feelings the same way I do. And there's not just like, just because I feel so like convicted in my emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings doesn't mean that anyone else is going to feel that way. And like, it was so hard for me to like understand at the time. And then I go into like anger and judgment and it's just like, what the fuck are you like fucking crazy? Like, and now I look back and I'm just like, ooh, that was like a real, not my best moment. But it's also just like how, I don't know, moments like death and sickness and all that I, shit I mean, like bring I, out truly, so many different like raw. Yeah. I think I lucked out having two weeks was probably the longest two weeks, but like, thank God it wasn't eight months of watching mm-hmm. my dad get sick and die, which people have. And I don't have that relation. Also that if somebody gets hit by a car and they're dead instantly is a different relation than having to hold him and for two weeks and becoming a skeleton. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think all of that then for me, it was, it, it was always, I had, as soon as I began coping and, um, I was, I had to differentiate, the trauma of losing my dad and then the trauma of those two weeks in the hospital. Cause there was, and then I got used to like walking through the doors and walking by the coffee stand and saying hi to bill at the front desk, you know, like it became a routine Mm -hmm. that then I missed like, and so there was like all of that and the smells and the textures. Cause that becomes part of your life in a way. Yeah. Like death and the act of dying becomes part of your life and your memories and your life experience. It's a real mind fuck. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. I Death, remember life's greatest really, doozy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> a new musical. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought of something really quick. I remember being really annoyed with my uncle who was my dad's brother. Mm-hmm. Just like utterly like any word he spoke. was just like, Shut up. Like, I, just, <laughs> I hated him. Yeah. And that was something, you know, and I just, I was like, I, I, it was like, were we competing with brother versus son of this person? Like, what, how do you, what is one more or the other? There isn't. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, back off. And my dad didn't even want you here anyway. He told me, and I just told you to come because. I felt like that was the right thing to do. Be nice. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. I Thank didn't you for expect listening. it to take a heavy turn, but I always love it when it I does. I hope that wasn't too heavy. I don't think um, it was too heavy. I don't think there's such a thing as too heavy yeah. on this podcast, in this yeah. universe. Well, I also am like, I could take a lot now. Like, there's not really anything somebody's going to talk about that's going to make freak me out, you know? Uh, yeah, it's like, it takes a lot. Death is almost a of kind of a final frontier for me in a lot of ways because I mean I've experienced it in terms of like friends and people that I've known that I was close to passing away but with the parents and stuff it's just like it's a, a totally different beast yeah it kicks it kicks you hard all right reader mail time hi Lara an esteemed guest that's you yay I've been pretty busy lately slamming through all five seasons of VPR so that I could get more Lara content. I tried it once, got through five or so eps, and the emotionally broken psychos just didn't grab me at the time. But for some reason, once the school year started, I was much more compelled by their journey. So I'm a little late listening to this week's babe since I'm trying to start catching up with SUP and the bonus content while also suffering from the troll that is Hulu still not having season six up. So that leads me to my question. You and Ed discussed so many things that applied to my recent life and my physical and emotional journeys this week, including apparently forgetting to flush a midnight brew while staying in a VRBO in Savannah with my mom and stepdad. I feel the accusation was false, but I digress. Your talks of free trips and boarding groups early and scamming really had me reflecting on my inherent ability to scam and get any sort of free shit. My problem is that I'm a terrible liar and I don't really believe in wasting my time trying, so I just don't. I always assume that the one time I bust out of the bubble is the time I'll get caught and an example made out of me. The only times I've gotten things for free from Amazon were when an order legitimately didn't arrive, so I called about it and got hooked up. Anytime I get a gift, I feel guilty, but then I also wonder why I'm not getting more gifts, though I don't want... I don't want to often buy things for other people because I'm a broke ass teacher. My wishlist journey is truly the only time I've gotten gifts for nothing. And I'm still boggled by it. When you first put out the call for teacher wishlist on the Facebook group, I was totally honest and said the only shit on my wishlist was for me because I was tired of spending my own money on ungrateful heathens. And both Lara and a reader got me books. Columbine was a dark wishlist item. You were right, but I was very enlightened by it and I will cherish it forever. So, how do I start living this fabulous life where people just give me things because I'm a lawler? I'm intense, but also pretty funny. In smaller doses, most people tend to find me entertaining. I also tend to think my Twitter is pretty niche, but hilarious, but only 65 people agree. I'm contemplating a job or even career change next year, which would lead to a lot more financial instability potentially. So if I could start a side gig as a swag hustler, it would probably be my best life plan. I just don't know how to even ask for things without feeling extreme guilt. All of this is compounded by the fact that I'm an asexual aromantic, meaning I can't even properly manipulate men for extended periods of time. The biggest troll of my summer beyond O'Hare trolling me Lara style twice this month was finding out that my mom is giving my sister money for her destination wedding, but that she wasn't going to give me shit for a down payment on a condo if we're all just passing money out for life choices we want to make. And I majorly failed in that negotiation and just cried and then she moved on. So that's a major bullshit that I'm not dwelling on at all in my sixth year in my one step up from Sandoval apartment. So 
blah, blah, blah. Any starter guilt-free scammer tips that I can start living the life that I've always been curious about? I couldn't even get Hulu to tell me the real dirt on when VPR season six was coming on and I had to find out through the group. They replied to me on Twitter and they were like, TBD, law, we'll pass it on. Why don't people just recognize that my core is pure and I'm an honest person, even if I come off as crotchety and crass and also cry at any sign of confrontation? Love and light as I ramble on. So I guess the question is, how do I scam with a strong moral compass? I feel like you're, you can speak to this. Um, it's so funny. Those are two words that I thought about earlier today in reference to a friend um, who I was going to give advice to about like scamming. And I was like, well, first of all, the intention of scamming, to even use that word, it's got to come from a moral place and just be a joke. Like, it's not about taking it's not taking it's more robin hood style like it's like it's it's the joke of the joke um i don't know first of all when when you first started reading i was like it sounds like i wrote this to you (laughs) there's a lot of similarities um okay so you said a really good quote to me i think it was over ed's birthday weekend or something where you said this business is one built on sympathy or something like no judy garland said this is the sympathy business this is the sympathy business i like to say i also like to say if i got paid 20 bucks for every laugh i've ever given Mm -hmm. or conjured i'd have a million dollars so your company is worth gold your energy is palpable um I'm a true socialist, so I believe that all money is each other's money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How convenient for you. I, al- <laughs> <laughs> I also think, and you've, you've, you've solidified this for me for sure, mm-hmm. but I think that the World Wide Web and this big, big planet is full of different types of people. And if somebody wants to give me something, a present a dollar so be it yeah i had a 30th birthday and i said on my instagram in a very comedic tone well i'm 30 throw a bitch a buck Mm -hmm. i've always wanted to go to the madonna inn what's a buck i wasn't saying hey can you give me a buck i'm really having a hard time so if you want to combat that if anybody wants to be like people are struggling it's a joke and people also are grown enough to, to understand send a dollar in Venmo, you are the person sending it. Mm-hmm. Well, fifteen hundred dollars later, had a great time. Yeah. So, and I feel that they wanted me to spend that money on my party. Yeah, including getting Lada a room there. And I loved that party. It was so fun. I said, "Got you a room." She got in her. She would you drop the you call you yeah you texted me and you're like well i got you a room and i it was 5 p.m in la on a friday and i finished whatever i was doing i think it was editing a podcast episode closed my computer threw some shit in a bag and white knuckle drove all the way to san luis obispo it was like a four hour trip i didn't stop to eat didn't stop to pee did not stop one time i just like I I think I was on some Adderall Uh earlier that day because it was a very Adderall drive. But like it was and it was really fun. It was a blast. Yeah. And I was so happy that not only was I gifted something out of a joking scam, but I could share that with somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, that like actually made it for me because that's. But it also is like, I think in order 
scamming is definitely one way of looking at it but i look at it as like you provide a service to the world right like you're a comedian you're a performer you're doing you're making people laugh and giving them content and so if they want to it's a trade so like absolutely i don't go into any situation expecting that people are just gonna get me and give me stuff for free apropos of nothing which When it does happen, which it does to all of us at one point or another, it's amazing and miraculous. But that's not something that happens all the time. I don't think you don't want to trust those laws of the universe. Like I don't think the universe works in that flow. So I would say make something a value. Make something a value that people that speaks to people. Did we say her name? No, we. I usually keep. I usually keep. Yeah. Honey, <laughs> start creating, you know? Yeah. I say pick up tap dancing. Oh. Get a feather boa. Mm. Get a... I like that you give advice in creating in mediums that are dead to the rest of the bring world. Them back. Bring them back. Yeah. yeah, don't do the ones that are alive and thriving. Yeah, you find, com- Don't try to make a lip gloss. You won't compete. Yeah. We learned that your, last night. Find your niche. Yeah. And Maybe then, you're really good at making puzzles and doing that gloss on them <laughs> and selling them as like p- framed puzzles. Sounds like she maybe wants to be more of like a comedian or something oh, okay, like that. Okay. Well, make put your lols out there in the world. You never yeah. know what will happen. But a lot of it is like ha- like... You have to put yourself out there and all of it. You have to put yourself all of it. You have to put yourself out there and you have to be come to peace with the financial instability aspect, which is that is not for everyone. That is an element that truly is not for everyone. For the few couple of things that have been really great in my life, I've had doors slammed in my face and I've been told no a thousand times. For every part I've gotten, I'd say there's a thousand parts I didn't. But John Waters always says, a no doesn't hurt. No. Ask for everything you want. Yeah, ask for everything. Always ask. That's something I've learned in my 34th year on this planet is, can I have it? Can I have that? Can I go in there? Just at, like, because it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. A no is, and it's funny you say, like, John Waters said no doesn't hurt because no's have really hurt me in the past. Oh. And so I'm like, tr- always trying to reconcile, like, how do I make it so that the no's don't. I think because I just internalize it so much mm-hmm. and I view it as like you're rejecting me who I am and it goes back into like what like you shadow take it dark. Personally. Yeah, I take it personally. So it's like how do you not take it personally and if not like, be a sociopath. Yeah. Well, I think I said this on the last one and if it's okay if I go into an allegory you can always cut it later. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized something where I was like what people think and say about me truly has nothing to do with me. If you looked at me and were like, Hey, redhead, I'd be like, (laughs) my hair is not red. So you're okay. Yeah. And if you were like, well, you're not smart. I'd be like, I'm not saying I'm a genius either. So, uh, okay. Like who told you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then if somebody was like, you're not talented, I'd be like, I can record myself right now. And I like what I do. And that's really at that point, all that matters. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you don't, like, I'm not for everyone, mm-hmm. and you're clearly not with 65 followers on your Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe you just have a picture. <laughs> also, where do you live? I mean, there's also so many variables there's to this There's a lot of question. variables. Yeah. I think, yeah, finding, 
for me, it's always like everything I've started off has been that's been creative and led to somewhere some sort of success, either via it like becomes another job opportunity or yields money or whatever. The things that I've found the most rewarding are always things that started with no ambition to make money. It was just like, this makes me laugh so hard. And like, really, I enjoy it. So I'm just gonna do it because I enjoy it. And it makes me happy. And I'm good at it. And those are like the three things. That's all I can bring to the table. And then whatever comes out is what comes out. So I would say that you find if you can find that wherever it is like that you want in wherever field it is that you want to do, then you're going to be, and let's people not count out them. top dancing. It might be, <laughs> I love make a, pu- make puzzles. Maybe you're really good at making a puzzle and putting gloss on it and putting it in a picture <laughs> frame. Who knows? <laughs> Don't limit yourself. Another thing is I did a music video for a friend, um, where I'm in a cat costume. Have you seen it yet? Oh, I haven't watched it oh, yet. I need oh, to watch thanks. it. We'll link um, it. Okay. We'll link it out. And I, I sent it to my mom and she goes, Oh great. Did they pay you? And I was like, no, nah, I just did my friend uh, a favor. And rather than getting mad, she writes back, that's so you. <laughs> and I was like, you know, yeah. And I love it. I love yeah. the video. I think it's my best work. Well, we didn't get paid for the Grizzly Bear music video. No. But I didn't want to get paid. I got no. paid. Mine we- was paid in getting cast in the video. Yeah. Which was basically, I just asked Ed over and over and over to put me in it. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> also our my way really fun trip video. in... In St. Saint- was not Kansas City. Kansas City that I'll <laughs> never forget, and Franck and the bed I love bugs. That I'll never forget where you yeah, couldn't where remember we the like, name. Where was it? Where well, was it? I was like, well, we, live in, we live in Spanish style apartments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Full. Okay. Lara. First off, I'm sitting in my car, lolling to babe after a long day in clinic, seeing Long Beach's finest prego gals and ladies with chronic pelvic pain. Thank you for making my commute tolerable and helping me realize that I need to be spending more time leaning into all my crystal loving woo woo tendencies. Indeed. (laughs) Anyway, as the subject suggests, I'm an OBGYN as well as a total pump head slash babe enthusiast regarding your surprise cycle. Totally normal to get thrown off when you're traveling. Less likely to be related to all the straight D you were around, though I've definitely heard weirder things. Hope this helps in the non-creepiest way. Always happy to be the babe MD on call. P.S. Just catching up on sup stories. Love where your head's at. Strongly feel that Kristen lived as a priestess of some desert tribe in Morocco during her 1940s European sojourn. Love. Okay. I'm glad to have any intel because my I, my period cycle got fucked up while I was on tour with Ed. Mm-hmm. And I was under the impression that it was just like around too many straight guys and it mm-hmm. just like threw. But I think Close. it was, yeah, circadian rhythms. So that wasn't a question. That was just a comment. Yeah, that was just a comment. Should I read one? Yeah. Do you want to read one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, babes. I'm a 20-year-old lesbian who is prone to panic attacks. I just had one and had to walk out of class. How do I save face in front of my classmates, my professor, and especially the girl I like? Mm, that's some mm. juicy. Yeah. That's a juicy one. Yeah. Well, if it's happening right now, take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> go to the nurse. <laughs> Get out of, to go home. Definitely go home. Yeah. Um. 
Save face. I don't think you need to save face. People have panic attacks all the time. It's a way of, it's a lifestyle. And if anyone's judging you for it, then they're shitty. Um, But that being said, I understand being like, embarrassed and who cares about the teacher yeah that's the the last person i ever cared about Uh, you're basically paying his bills so my tax heavy breathing yeah Yeah. exactly um i (laughs) (laughs) you kill me and the girl you i mean i know like i have a friend in med school who has had panic attacks and has had to leave a classroom like in the middle of giving a presentation which is not ideal you should have me do it people have empathy and have empathy for yourself and like figure out what is triggering these panic attacks. Oh yeah. I will say as a strong, confident, like powerful performer, if I see somebody getting even an ounce nervous, my heart is like, Oh, it's kind of really cute. Like you have like a sympathy. Oh yeah. And I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. Like no one's like, no one's really going to hate on you if you're like suffering. Yeah. If I saw someone like really freaking out, I'd be like, are you okay? Like, what can I do? Can yeah, I get like, a glass of water? It's like- but I think getting to the bottom of why the panic attacks are happening is your first stretch. Yeah. I'm assuming that the girl you like, oh, you said lesbian. I'm assuming that the gay shame that happens um, to our kind is a lot at 22 in college, depending on where you live, you didn't say. Um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to be a lesbian, even harder when you're panic attacking all over the place. What? <laughs> Am I saying this wrong? Am I being offensive? No. I don't mean to be offensive. No, no. Let me know if I'm overstepping no. my boundaries. My Look, if you're a straight, if you're a straight white happen. male having a panic attack, it's a little you have. Dorky. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, we love you. Now I'm, I feel. Like I'm I, wondering if the girl you have a crush on is straight or gay, and if that's part of it. And whew, that's a journey that took me from 22 to 30 to get through. Actually, no. By 23, I like stopped having crushes on straight boys, mm-hmm. but I knew from like 15 to 23, I couldn't help it. Yeah. And now, like in work situations or other situations, if there's a straight... Yeah, it's weird. The great thing about coming out is that you... I can truly say I, like, don't even have crushes on straight people. I'll be like, oh, you're hot. Mm-hmm. Like, you are a sexy person, sure. But I, a crush is not just thinking someone's hot. Crush is when you get that thing in the stomach. Yeah. I get the thing you, in like, the stomach. You, like, want to be with them. Yeah. And I just... It's so clear now. I don't feel that way about straight people. I don't want to mm-hmm. be with a straight person. Mm-hmm. They're probably boring. Yeah. Straight men. Oh, sorry. No. For you. What? To I like have... bisexual guys. Exactly. That's what I want. My Sally Bowles moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear Lara and TBD. That's you. <laughs> TBD. Long time reader, many time writer. I was just listening to the Babe episode with Abby McBride. I too went on a Wiccan journey during high school. In the book, I read it was all about nature and giving back to Mother Earth. This book encourages you to go to the forest on a full moon, dance naked in a ring while holding hands with your friends and celebrate nature. As a 10th grader in the late 80s, that was a big fat no. This is where my Saxon witchcraft journey ended. I just wanted spells in hopes of making my dog live forever. 
However, I bought, I also bought some tarot cards and a book on how to read them. I read everyone in my oral communications English class was fortune, but I just made most of it up. I thought maybe I could join the carnival and be a mystic at the very least. My question for you is in the fourth grade, 1984 time life put out a book, a series called witches and wizards. I snuck into my parents' room, used the landline phone with the cord. I'm so old that cordless phones hadn't been invented yet. Called the 800 number to place my order. The commercial kept saying you could put it on your credit card or POD. I didn't know what POD was, but I thought it would be better than stealing my mother's credit card. The operator told me POD meant paid on delivery. I asked her, do I give the money to the mailman? She just lolled and said, no, mail the money in once you receive the book. God. My Miss allowance. POD. I know. I'm ready to POD a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My allowance was 50 cents a week. The book was $11, so I had to exchange bills for change with my sister and brother and finally got my $11. Then it said, don't send cash, but I was doing this in secret. My parents were not to know that their 10-year-old daughter was more interested in the dark arts than Hebrew school. I took the chance, mailed them the cash. I forgot the next book in the series showed up two months later. My mother got on the phone with Time Life people and started screaming at them. Why are you sending my fourth grader these books? I wanted them, but she nixed my entire dream of owning the whole series. I probably called her a bitch, and I'm sure I got grounded. How babe was it that in fourth grade I was fully on board to take a witchcraft journey? I truly feel like it was a fully babe moment. Also, me and my husband love drawing together. Ling Ling should feel no shame. Love and light. There's a picture of the book. Oh, nice. You're cool. You are cool. I like you. I would love if my children got into like weird shit. Like I'm excited. Like that would be one reason why I would want to have kids is so that they would be like. I would love if my children were so compassionate not to steal my credit card and do a POD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. And then raise them like that. You're You're a good kid. did well. And you know what? I'm glad she yelled at life. Yeah. Magazine for sending you the dark arts. That means she cares too. <laughs> Everyone cares. You know what? Everyone yeah. cares and is very respectful of each other. Yeah. And you have curiosities. Yeah. Did babe. you did you have any restrictions on like the types of media you were allowed to consume as a young child? No, and I think that's partly why I'm such a freak. Um like in my dad raised me watching Quentin Tarantino movies and mm-hmm. like David Lynch in like fourth grade. Love. And then one summer because he was a Vietnam vet, was like, we're going to watch all the Vietnam movies, like mm-hmm. A Reindeer Games and Born on the Fourth of July and Full Metal Jacket. And I've been traumatized. You mean Deer Hunter? Deer Hunter. <laughs> reindeer reindeer Games. Game. <laughs> Whatever. I got and it. And I was truly and utterly traumatized to the core of my being. Mm-hmm. And realized, wow. Um, but no, and like I had, I was like a latchkey kid. I had four brothers and sisters. My, both my parents worked all the time. So I think my first rated R movie is Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson. Love. That's a good one to start in. Yeah. I always like secretly watched that movie when no one was home because it would be on the movie channels and I just wanted to see boobs. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. And also I was like addicted to Melrose Place and Ally McBeal as like a kid, not mm-hmm. knowing really what was going on. And because I spent summers with my grandparents, I watched soap operas oh, with my yeah. grandma and just was like invested mm-hmm. beat by beat. My grandma loved soap operas. Days of our lives. Yeah, she was a big, big soap opera person. Yeah. And naps at four. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I remember saying so solidly, I said, when I grow up, I want to be retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that really manifested itself, yeah. quite frankly. Because I wanted to be like them, in other words. Mm-hmm. 
I was really into, I wasn't allowed to really watch TV growing up, like at my mom's house, but we were always Wait, encouraged. Because your separated at what age? My parents separated at eight. Okay. So my mom like would not, she would maybe let us watch like 30 minutes a day or something mm-hmm. like that. Now that I've met your mom, I can see it. Like- yeah. It was very, it was no TV mm-hmm. household. Do you think that made you read? Oh, it made me read a lot because I, I was like, that, yeah. So every summer, then there, I would always participate in like summer reading competitions where you would just try and read and read and read all the books that you could, and then you would get prizes for them and stuff. But I, that's when I got really into reading like R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike, like yeah. scary books. So I'd go to the library and get. I'd run out like. 20 books at a time and just like stay up late like under the covers blazing through like my terrifying tales would have preferred you over me love that well my mom found like went through all the books that i had gotten one day and then like called me into her room to tell me that like she was not gonna let me read christopher pike books anymore because there were characters like having sex in them Uh uh-huh and like even just Describing characters as sexy was like a big red flag for her. So then she like just took away all the Christopher Pike books. And I was oh. just like, oh. Which then made you fa- probably fascinated. With yeah. Then I was like, sex I need. Was. Yeah. Have you talked to your mom about this since? Um, Not really, actually. What do you think she would say right now? I think she was just like, she always had my best interest at heart. It well, wasn't. Like, what would she say right now? Like, she'd be we like. called her on speakerphone. Well, she'd be like, they were inappropriate for a young girl. That. Mm-hmm. But R.L. Stein characters, not so. Much. they weren't having sex in those books. It was yeah. more they were just like getting killed. But it's interesting to think about like American values and especially like religious values, how you find your daughter reading books about murder. I guess R.L. Stein is like, ghost stories and murder slashing yeah slashers and the violence always gets a pass over like sex and sexuality i think about that a lot considering my work in caleb gallo is say slightly sensual evocative Mm -hmm. it's not erotic no i don't have a sex scene in it but um but you're like a sexy, vampy, Jessica Rabbit type of character. And in person. Mm-hmm. And on my Instagram, and I because I loved Elvira. But I loved Elvira when I was two. Yeah. You know? And so I thought about, and I have a young demographic. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have three nephews, you know? And I think about at times, oh, God, is, is, is my work inappropriate or not, like, suitable for young audiences? And... I don't really have a perfect answer other than (laughs) it's so funny that I would even question myself that when like gun violence is so just accepted. Mm -hmm. And also my sexuality is not, again, erotic. It's like Jessica Rabb. It's literally like a a 40s, you know. It's vampy and like campy. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that probably the shame that would be stirred up is, oh, I'm a masculine, feminine, gender fluid person. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Who's being, you know, um, I wouldn't even say lecherous. I would say more like flirtatious or, or just, um, harmonious. (laughs) 
I like harmonious. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what... Like, were people screaming in outrage when Marilyn Monroe came out? Mm, I don't know. Because sometimes I look at that, I'm like, that's more... In your face, like, sexuality. But covered, but, like, effervescent. I mean, that's why it's lasted so long. That's why we could still look at her image or watch a clip of her and still be blown away. I wonder if I had been... Because there was then another time where I wrote, like, an erotic letter to myself. (laughs) And I, like, buried it in my desk. And it was, like, erotica at a young Uh, age. And my mom found it and then was, like, I found... She was really going through... She was on to something. Yeah. Yeah, She was Now, is this because of where you are, um, like... um, because of the time, because of religion, because of like the state, or do you think this was specific to like your mom? Probably my mom just uh-huh. being like nosy kind of, uh-huh. I don't know what it was she was looking for because I feel like I was pretty young then when I was doing this and like reading these books, the like oldest, probably like right? third or fourth grade, maybe like fourth or fifth grade. I just always had a really advanced reading level, so I want I read up and like yeah, yeah, then yeah. I was old. I've always been drawn to like horror, like uh-huh. and I love reading that. And it was just like I was voracious and like Wait, wanting so to. She found this. So she found my erotic letter that was like, it was like ta- it was just embarrassing. And she was like, I found it, and then I was so embarrassed and like I was like, oh, I didn't write that. Like someone else did. I don't know. Like bought like, and it's like. I wonder what would have happened if I was just like encouraged into like maybe writing like because that's just self-expression. Like obviously there's something to express there. Yeah. I don't know. Is that okay to like? I don't know. I what if I was encouraged to like? Like we check it all just comes back fundamentally to how our country views sex, which mm -hmm. is this shame puritanical women are beneath men. Um, Eve seduced Adam into biting the apple, like patriarchy, and we are not. It's almost feels forbidden to say that we all come from one thing: Mm -hmm. sex. Our parents had sex. We yeah. came out of our mother's vagina after our father's penis injected. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like that with death. Yeah, aren't we're not supposed to know where we came from or how we die. Yeah, and yet it's like an in- integral part of who it's we are. It's like literally, Just literally the, the core part. of who we are. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, that's what I, where you're? What do you, do you have a religious background? Yeah, I grew up Southern Baptist. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> that changes everything. And yeah. before we started miking ourselves, I was like, some of the questions I have about what we talk about in references to people or, or ourselves and addiction have a lot to do with what I want to know is our fundamental spirituality, which mm-hmm. I don't love that word, other than it being a barometer for compassion Yeah, that I read somewhere. I didn't know you had a religious background, which yeah. also makes sense. Do you think your mother was driven by? Yeah. So oh. she's very religious and like still. Yeah. Okay. And very active in the church. And I mean, in Baptist church and Southern Baptist, like it is real. There's, you don't talk about sex really. Republican. Mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. 
Mom? Not like a not like a Trumper, but I think voted that way as opposed to like so voting trans for is. I don't know exactly. I don't get into like. I don't get into like really detailed conversations like that because I feel like they always end up in a place that I just feels gross. It feels bad because it's like I don't think she doesn't have like a hateful bone in her body. Uh huh. But I don't. But she think a lot of older Republicans and like Bible Belt really understand what they're complicit in when they vote for someone like Donald Trump or they vote for things that are creating that are taking away women's rights. I don't think they see it like that. They see it like something completely oh, different. I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, but I, I have a real intolerance to the way, however that is that they're seeing it because it just is like, it just fires me up and then yeah. I'll say something I regret. It just like doesn't ever. And go. it's also just interesting probably for you to be like, like you're her daughter and you are primarily liberal mm-hmm. and yet you're like, Oh, I'm not, I don't, I didn't just pick up the way my mom thinks and be like her. Mm-hmm. Like I have my own mind. Yeah. So then that probably also is double inferior. when you look at people, you're like, how do you not have your own mind? Yeah. It's but hard. Maybe that's just part of the journey or the gifted and talent. I mean, I, I hate those words sometimes, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. A consciousness. Mm-hmm. But also that makes sense. You read at such a level. You were. Have always been curious. Yeah. Always wanted to like know more or like learn about X, Y, Z. Things that are like more fringe were interesting to me. At a young age, like for me growing up in a place like Oklahoma City, which has gotten to be like cooler and has more culture, but at the time was really like in my teen years, there was nothing going on. So to me, fringe activity always seemed like drugs and alcohol. And so that's like where I went with that, which was not the best use of my time or whatever, but it was still like, but you also knew like you were probably one of those like gay people. I want to meet him. Yeah. I was always, I was curious about gay people. You were like, I want to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that oh, you were like. And all that. I imagine like, like three other girls, like in this, like flashback to like middle school being like, hmm, gay people, that's weird. And then like trailing off and you're like, I'm interested. There was one gay guy that like, was in our school but i don't think he was out but like everyone knew he was gay but i was like this guy's annoying like i don't surely yeah yeah. and then i but then after and then in boarding school there were a handful of gay guys so then i got to like actually like hang out with some gay guys like the people interpersonally oh again it's probably not i was gonna say people you saw in media but then all you saw in media were like hairstylists or wedding planners yeah i didn't really you weren't thinking like andy warhol no and then i got when i was 20 finally or like 19 and i graduated from high school and moved back home my like best friend was an older gay man like in his 40s and that was yeah (laughs) not much has changed (laughs) and then i was like oh my god gay guys are fun yeah 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 i i don't know i'm i'm curious if um 
I don't really know much about Baptist and I, and I'm not judging religion in any way and never would, um, to each their own. But I'm curious about how much of that led her to like scouring through your drawers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like not a lot of, did you ever get told like you're going to hell? Um, there were, I mean, that's the whole basis of Christianity is like you accept Christ into your heart and get baptized and accept that like Christ died for our sins so that we could have eternal life and like go to heaven. But you have to like accept that that's the deal and then you get baptized and then you're, I guess, just going to heaven after that. And that felt like I remember the when I decided that I wanted to get baptized and I was like with my mom in my room and I cried and it felt like a very like real moment and then it happens but then it's like what does this mean exactly like what is it it never it felt like a big life moment as far as like when you reach age like seven or eight, like what all my friends at church did, like it's like your rite of passage, Mm -hmm. but it didn't have deep meaning to me. Right. I was just like, Oh, this is what you do. Like, so I haven't found any sort of like deep meaning in Christianity aside from just like the thought of there being like a higher power or like, the universe is more there's some sort of like deeper meaning in the universe and something that's always stuck with me and the more religions that i've like studied which is a more serious term for what i've done like googled various religions and like Mm -hmm. dabbled in buddhism which is the one that i relate most to but it seems to me like every religion at the end of the day is saying the same thing Mm -hmm. it's just with like different casts of characters yeah so it's all remakes of like the same movie and like then people fight about which one is the best version but like you can just choose whatever you want and like the biggest thing i've gotten out of it is like if it's something that gives you faith or a reason to live or a way to get through like whatever hard times you experience or trolls that happen and the like thought that like you're never gonna get like god or whatever life or the universe is never gonna give you more than you can handle So every problem that happens is like it's happening for a reason and it's like a learning experience, which I think Buddhists really feel like that. Mm -hmm. And that's resonated with me the most. Yeah. I I think that if had I had grown up in a a family that was um, like religious, whether it was Christian Catholic or Baptist, I would have um, felt whatever it is that I feel about acting and been like, Oh yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you something about God. I would just get really into be like, yeah, because Jesus said it. Jesus loved it. Mm-hmm. Can I get an amen? Does everybody feel that right now? Can you feel that in your blood? Can you breathe in the life of Christ right now? Like I would just fully have been a preacher. Yeah. You'd be a great preacher. Oh, I would have had like, yeah. Yeah. And I love like the, my the favorite parts of it is like, just like the love element or like community element or feeling like you're part of something or being like moved by something greater than yourself. You like to speak in tongues. I didn't ever speak in tongues, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I'd like to. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you could give you enough booze. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking in tongues the last 10 years. Yeah. I was speaking in tongues at your show the other day. You were speaking in tongues. 
We don't go there. <laughs> Lara. Lara. Those tapes were secretly found destroyed. They were. I was so... <laughs> Little l- I lolled hard when I realized that that whole thing it, had been destroyed where no one would ever get to hear the heckle of Freckle at the live show. Freckle's heckle. Freckle's heckle. Lost I in had, the ether. Yeah. Well. Here I am. And so it is. Yeah. Um, so I think, will be. Yeah. I think we should wrap it up. But I love you and I appreciate I you. you. Thank you for being my guest. Of course. Bring me back. I will bring you back. If the audience demands Put you to work. It. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see the audience reaction. And yeah. We got kind of heavy this episode, but I think it's good to mix it up. You're in your car. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe um, it'll, it'll drop people into a deeper place into their own bellies. Yeah. Any, if you... Uh, are feeling compelled to write me an email, please do so. Babe, babe, no. What is it? Babe podcast at gmail.com. Just Jesus. I was like, Freckle, you tell me. (laughs) Um, You can follow Jason on Instagram at aunt Freckle. You can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash aunt freckle or you can follow me and support this podcast on patreon at patreon.com slash babe podcast follow me on instagram at lars marie um yeah write me emails tell me what you think demand more freckle in your lives watch cabaret watch cabaret write me an email about that (laughs) sally bull says does it really matter so long as we're having fun amen Bye. Babe? Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.